Welcome to Mature Allure, where we highlight the experiences and perspectives of women in midlife. I'm your host, Sherry O, and today I have Terry Britt as our guest. Hi, Terry. Hey, and I have to tell you, man, you've got a beautiful voice. I mean, I've heard you and talked to you in person, but I, I, you know, I've done listened to a lot of radio and television over the years, worked in it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this girl has got a voice. <laughs> Well, thank you. Congratulations. Welcome, Terry. Welcome. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Terry Britt? Well, I'm a spiritual coach and intuitive healer. I'm a mom. I'm a nana. I got a brand new grandbaby who's five months old and almost five-year-old granddaughter. Thank you. Love that. Um, Happily Mm -hmm. married for... For 15 years prior to that, was married to 17 and my husband died. So that was Steve mm-hmm. and then my husband now is Charlie. Um, I have a global community called Women Leaders of Love. And my mission is to help women break the cycle of lack and stress and struggle so they become examples for their families to watch and learn. And that's my mission. I'm, I've been doing it for whew, almost 25 years. I wow. was a former Miss USA, which sounds kind of crazy that, you know, how do you get from former Miss USA to spiritual coach? And the way I transitioned was as Miss USA, I was always this competitive person, always looking to win, you know, really searching for love. And mm-hmm. I went into Miss Arkansas. One, two weeks later was shipped to Miss USA. Talked about drinking beer and dipping skull on the back of a pickup truck because Bob Barker said, what are you doing, Cab at Arkansas, population 4,000 on a Saturday night? And I said, well, Bob, in the winter, we stay at home. But in the summer, we go to take the freeze and sit on my friend's pickup truck. He, he plays the banjo and the guys drink a little beer and dip a little skull. And it's a real good time. And I won. But wow, I wish you could see my face from when I won. They said there's never been a reaction like mine because I was in such shock because it oh. happened so quickly. But mm-hmm. And I had short brown hair. I mean, I was not your typical beauty queen. But in the moment of winning, of course, the ego says, yes, I did it. I won. And then there was this emptiness I felt. And then the next thing I felt was guilt. And I know that sounds crazy, but I was looking into the audience where my boyfriend was sitting And all I could think about is I've just screwed up his life because I was going to be sent to New York and he was going to be left behind in Arkansas. So I didn't understand it back then. I just knew that I was torn. Now what I understand from back then is that I was raised the typical American family. Let's put yourself Mm -hmm. on the back burner and love everyone else at the expense of yourself because that's love. But what I had been Mm -hmm. learning up until that point was that I wasn't feeling very loving. I actually just months prior to winning Miss USA put my fist in my boyfriend's window. He wasn't. Mm. Yeah. He wasn't loving me the way I wanted to be loved, right? I was wanting him to fill me up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with Miss USA, I'm thinking, is this it? Is this it? Even to the point where that night I almost gave the crown back when I sat in my room with my family and my boyfriend. I mean, that's how. Well, <laughs> and that's, and and the thing is, to think that you really thought about him when you won. And prior to that, you guys had kind of like, it seemed like a oh, yeah. toxic relationship. Very toxic, very toxic. Wow. And, and, you know, and so what I learned growing up is deny yourself, perform mm-hmm. for everyone else, and then you'll receive love in return. And as a healer over the last 25 years, what I've really discovered is that deep in my core, 
I just didn't want to be alone as a, you know, as a little kid, I remember making a decision. I'd gone over to a friend's house and it was, I mean, it was back then when your parents would let you run across the street to your friend's house, right? It was probably seven or eight. Nobody was home. Not a person was on the street. And I remember sitting on her front lawn, looking around, feeling really alone and making a decision in that moment that said, I am all alone in this world. Oh, wow. Think about that. When you make a decision yeah. as a child about yourself, that becomes your filter. So mm-hmm. my whole mission was, I got to prove my worth. I got to get you to love me. So that's going to make me feel loved. It's going to make me feel safe. It's going to make me feel protected. And, and then I'll be okay. But I never mm-hmm. felt okay. And the more I did that, the more I pushed to perform, the angrier I got. So I had followed my boyfriend to a college that didn't have a broadcasting department, and yet I wanted to get into broadcasting. Crazy, mm-hmm. huh? Mm-hmm. So I, my yeah. life, yeah. I mean, and think about how often we do that as women. Think about how yeah. we, we suppress ourselves because we think this is love, but it's not love because I got angry. I took my anger out on him. And um, I ended up working in the television industry. Eventually, what's now the E Channel uh, was used, used to be Movie Time. I was the news anchor. Still didn't feel mm-hmm. filled up, and got married and started having kids. Well, I realized that I had anger issues, and I wasn't hitting my kids or anything like that. But I just suppressed, 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 suppressed my wants, my feelings, taking care of my husband's needs, taking care of my children's needs, and then I'd blow up and be screaming. And I didn't want to be mm-hmm. that, right? I mean, who wants to be that? Who, and I always yep. felt like I was judging myself, hard on myself. And it was interesting because as a kid, I really valued my dad. He was out in the world. I saw mom suppressed. She stayed home, gave up herself for my sister and me, and just always seemed very emotional, much like I grew up to be. And, um, uh-huh. and then my dad seemed like he was out in the world having fun. And so at a very young age, I attached myself to his way. Push, 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 work, work, work. Got to have success. Got to have success. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then at the same time, feeling this struggle inside of what, well, I got to make my, my boyfriend happy. I got to make my husband happy mm-hmm. when I got married, got to make kids. It was just, you see the confusion that goes on in the brain. Yeah, You can relate. I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. You know, and, yeah. um, and that's why I said, even with this, even with mature allure, that's the whole thing. A lot of women get to midlife and they feel crazy. They feel like, you know, they jump and make really ra- irrational decisions because right. all this time they've suppressed the feelings that they actually had. They right. put everyone ahead of themselves. Right. And now it's just chaos. Well, that's why I was sharing this with you so that, that your audience can mm-hmm. understand that I know where you're coming from. I know where you've gotten mm-hmm. to. I'm 62. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I've worked with women for 25 years and I cannot tell you how many times I'll talk to a woman in her forties, fifties and sixties, even seventies and eighties. And they'll be like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want. And it is because so often from our childhoods where we didn't have strong examples of someone who really was in alignment with the way they were created. They're all, you know, we've mm-hmm. been taught in our culture, push, push, shove, shove. And even religiously, I mean, it's like, but, you know, put God first, but people correlate to putting God first as putting yourself last. And mm. what I learned over the years, I think about that. People think uh-huh. that putting God first is putting yourself last, but it's not. Putting God first 
is putting your ego last, meaning I have to perform for you to win your love. And it is instead honoring and loving the way you were created, honoring your feelings, your thoughts, your desires, your dreams. God put those there, right? And so Mm -hmm. what we do is we've been living by this belief most of us from childhood, from birth, probably, because our mothers carried it in their wombs, most likely, that I have to mm-hmm. suppress my light to be loving to everyone else, to put God first. And so that has been over the years, that has been my main takeaway of my spiritual journey is that we women, we we believe this is love. And we actually set everyone else up for failure, especially as moms. Because when, yeah. when we moms deny ourselves and dad denies himself and the kids are watching going, oh, well, this is what love is. Well, what happens is, is they're learning that it's not okay to receive. So we go mm. up believing it is not okay for me to receive. And then we wonder why, well, why aren't my prayers being answered? Why aren't my desires and dreams happening? But they're not because we're blocking it. We're not allowing ourselves to receive it. So that's what I've been doing. You wanted to know what I've been doing. I've been like, that's what I've been doing. (laughs) That's why I wanted to talk to you because how do you go from, or what suggestions do you have for women who are in that place or at their place in life where they haven't put themselves first? They haven't, you know, done the things or, or, or become one with themselves to know and understand how do they start the process of understanding who they are and what they actually want. So like you said, some women don't even know what they want. No, they don't. So the first thing you have to do is redefine love. Because again, we've been taught that love Mm. means I must deny myself. Well, if you're like I was and you denied yourself, you got angry or you get depressed, you get frustrated, you feel resentful, you feel jealous of other people. Maybe you're gossiping because you have not Mm -hmm. given yourself permission to receive love and to be loved. So it's redefining love and real love is when we commit to loving ourselves unconditionally. Okay. It means Mm -hmm. that we give ourselves a voice. We set boundaries. We, we find out what's true for us. And one of the biggest ways I've done that and the way I was shown is I remember back, oh, it was, it's been 20 something years ago. I was meditating one day on unconditional love. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden, my little inner five-year-old showed up who I had never acknowledged. And I am sobbing. I mean, I'm like, Whoa! and I heard in my ear, get up and write this. This is the beginning of your book. So that was my first book message Mm. sent, which was literally a journal. And what happened during that time is I called myself like my own little divine mother to little Terry. And what I would do, I would pay attention to my outer world. I would say, okay, I'm reacting. So there must be something in my subconscious mind that is being triggered. So instead of being in blame toward my husband or my kids or friends or the person on the street who just cut me off, right? I would say, thank you Mm -hmm. for the gift. I would go within, allow my feelings to just take me deep within. I would pick up little Terry, that little girl inside of me, and really love her and say, what's Mm -hmm. hurting? What's getting triggered right now? And I would allow my feelings to take me back to when I was a child. And maybe there was a belief I took on about having a voice or being able to create boundaries or that I had to come last. You know, there's so many beliefs that we take on that keep us from feeling worthy. So when I recognized a belief 
and I knew it was causing me pain and suffering, it's not the truth. If you have a belief causing Mm. you pain and suffering, it is not the truth. So I would know then I'm going to move this out. And I work with energy. So I always imagine putting the, the, the inner, you know, that belief and all the energy associated with it in a rose and I'll send it out into the, you know, the universe and say, okay, God, blow it up, you know, and send that energy back. Right. It's just like a loving way to do. And then I'll ask, what is my truth? What is my truth? Or I may look at little Terry in my mind's eye and go, what is your truth? And Mm -hmm. well, you know, I, I wanted to say this, but I didn't feel like I could because I never felt like I could have a voice. And I'm like, okay, so what do you need to say? I get the answer. And then I have to take inspired action. I have to follow the guidance Mm. that I'm getting from that inner connection. And so as I did that, what happened for me, and this is what happens for your listeners if they if they try this, is that with every time you get you get grounded in your purpose that if I stand in my truth, I'm becoming an expression of love. Okay. So that's the first thing. That's why my mm. community is called Women Leaders of Love. But when we redefine love and commit to unconditional love, that is our sole mission. Is how do I honor and love the way I was created today? How do I put God first? And let that become your sole mission. And then you see these things that are in your outer world showing you, well, this is where I'm putting ego first. If I'm reacting, if I'm living by a false belief because I'm trying to perform for love, I release the belief. And then I ask, what is my truth? And what do you need from me, little Terry, to feel loved and nurtured and supported and take action? I'm now moving my state into Mm -hmm. a high worthiness state. And what I'm doing energetically is I'm sending a message. I'm worthy of being seen. I'm worthy of being heard. Mm. I'm worthy of being loved. I'm worthy of being nurtured. I matter. And what happens to our whole psyche, our brain and energy field is that when we start treating ourselves, if we matter that way, we are actually being in a receptive state. And then we start getting out of emotional chaos about what am I supposed to do? And instead it's like, what am I being called to do? And that's really beautiful when you can get into that purpose. And even more so than that is what I found over the years is I allowed myself to receive more. I'll give you an example. When I won Michigan Day, I won $150,000 in cash and prizes, half cash, half prizes. Half of it had to go to taxes. So the cash was for it to pay the taxes. I gave the money to my dad to invest. He lost all of it. He lost all of the money. So I had to sell everything. Now what I know energetically is that I didn't have permission to receive. I won the crown, but I didn't claim my crown. Okay. So we're saying, yeah, you're Mm. worthy of this, but Mm -hmm. I didn't claim it. And I was holding this sense of guilt about my boyfriend. I was, I mean, I just had a lot of emotions going on and I did not have permission to receive. So by the end of the year, all my money was gone and I had to sell most of my prizes. And next thing I know, I'm driving an ugly duckling rent-a-car in Los Angeles when I moved there. Isn't that crazy? That's absolutely crazy. But like you said, you've mentioned this a couple of times, reacting. How do we, a lot of what you said you, you've said it, but I really want to go back to it to make it clear. A lot of times we react. We're more reactive than yes. proactive just in everything in life. I found my mom was a lot like that. Like she would, things would be happening 
and she's focusing on how to handle what's happening versus dealing with things in the beginning so that this doesn't actually nope. happen. So you didn't give your, you also didn't give yourself permission. I, I believe just listening to your story to feel that you were worthy enough to be able to even manage that money yourself. Right. right. You know what I mean? So you gave it My dad. to yeah. your father to actually take care of that. So how do we start thinking in terms of proactively so that we don't have to do that chaotic? Well, the reality of it is, is, is that because we are humans and we are in a survival mindset, we are going to have reactions. That's just human nature. The key is to get to a place where we can clear them. Mm -hmm. Now for me, the way I became proactive is I started just meditating daily, clearing my energy. And um, I can give your listeners a wonderful grounding meditation that just would get me straight into a connected feeling of loving myself, really feeling the presence of God and just, you know, just feeling like I'm not alone because it was my aloneness that again is what caused me to perform, right? So mm -hmm. that is a proactive step. Talking to your inner child every day after you, you know, you just sit there, if it's, if it's energy, grounding, prayer, whatever works for you, but then becoming that divine mother to her, really talking to her and say, what do you need from me to feel loved today? What would make you joyful? What excites you? Because you talk about, you know, when you have one who are 40, 50, 60 saying, I don't even know what I want. I don't know who I am. It's because they haven't taken time to really connect and make that connection within. So by talking, I always look over here because I'm like, there's my little Terry right here. You notice how I'm looking over here? Um, um, I'm like, hey, baby, what you doing? And uh, so, so by talking to her and really becoming that divine parent to her and building that, 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 that muscle. I remember this woman told me um, one time, I had, I was, I was going into, um, well, first off, I'll say every time I'd go to the grocery store, the bank, whatever, I'd feel anxiety. Now, a lot of women feel that just going out in public, you know, mm -hmm. it just, they feel anxiety. I did. I didn't understand it. It just felt like this energy running through my body. I couldn't stand it. And I judged it at first. So I was like, okay, this is not mm -hmm. feeling good. And then one day, again, I heard in my ear, embrace this, see it as a gift. So I started saying, thank you. What is my body trying to show me? Well, about a month later, I walk into mm -hmm. Office Depot, nine o'clock in the morning, nobody's there. I feel it again. It's literally me and a cashier in the store. That's it. And I'm feeling this energy. So I leaned mm -hmm. over my basket and looked at little Terry in my mind's eye and said, what's hurting? What is causing you to react this way? And I just see her in my mind's eye and she goes, when I go out into perfectly, I have, or when I go out into public, I have to act perfectly or I get into big trouble. Yeah. And wow. in that moment, I took back my power. I said, I'm the boss now and mm -hmm. you can do cartwheels down this aisle if that's what's going to help you get rid of this anxiety. And in that moment, because I took back my power and I became the divine mother to her, it went away and it never came back. Okay. That feeling never came back. Mm. So I was shared this with a woman that I knew. And she said, she said, you know, how do you do that? You just did it. And I, and I said, you know how you go to the gym every day and build your muscles. And she said, yeah. And I said, I do that with my inner child daily. I said, I 
nurture her mm. daily. I get to know her. I talk to her. I ask her what she needs from me to feel loved. I ask her what her fears are. And so what's happening again, that's that, you know, you're feeling seen, heard and valued. And as you start feeling that way, then you're not needing to perform so much for other people just by making that connection. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're not needing to perform because you're getting attention here. It's like that little girl's like, oh, you're going to give me attention. You mean you're not going to go out and try to get everybody else to give you attention? You're giving me attention. Oh, good. And, um, yeah. and so by doing that, what happened for me and what I've seen with other women over the years is that there is a sense of connection within. And when you're creating that connection within, it is so joyful. It is so playful. You become the boss of your life. A lot of times when you're talking to people and for your listeners that are struggling with, I don't really know what I'm doing or who I am. They've spent their lives mm -hmm. performing like you mentioned. And so they've made everybody else, the authority of their lives. And what this does mm -hmm. is that you become the authority. You become the authority of your life. You become that divine parent to that inner child. And you take a stand for her. And that's been my greatest act for myself and for my daughters. I have two grown daughters and uh, they got to watch me take a stand. Even when their dad died and all of a sudden, Charlie, my mm -hmm. husband now showed up in, into my life. And, you know, it happened very quickly. Our relationship happened very quickly. And I had to look at my girls because at first they got angry. They loved mm -hmm. Charlie, but they just got angry because they were they were mourning their dad. I had already mourned. He yeah. had prostate cancer and been sick for three years, beat the cancer, and then died of a heart attack. I was ready to live, right? And I had to look at my girl. I had to look wow. at my girls and say, yeah. "I love you," and I would never intentionally hurt you. But God comes first in my life, and I have to listen to what's going on in here mm -hmm. about Charlie because I know this is right. I am so glad I did that mm -hmm. for my kids because they're both strong in how they live their lives and their relationships. They take a stand for what's right for them, and I'm thinking. As I watch them now, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I am so glad that I have lived that example. I have been that woman leader of love. And it started with me just simply nurturing that little girl inside of me. I think that is such awesome advice because the thing is, I when you're talking, I was even thinking about myself in the in terms of not even understanding that anxiety that's going through your body. You know how you said you would go out to the store, you'd go different places and you felt this anxiety. You at least knew and understand that that anxiety was happening. I was thinking about the last job or one of the last jobs that I had. I didn't realize until they restructured the department and eliminated my position that I was actually very anxious at that job. Like, I would get there and I knew my stomach felt tight. And when I got home, when I was leaving, I was fine, but it just still didn't register until I wasn't there anymore. And I was like, oh my goodness, I don't feel that. I don't, I don't, I obviously, mm -hmm. it was stressing me out, but understanding that anxiety and not pushing it aside, you have to first be able to see and feel the anxiety, see and know that the anxiety is actually happening to you. Because once you do that, like you said, you can nurture mm -hmm. that 
inner child, that young, yeah, yeah, for me sharing, sharing, you know, but yeah. yeah, but it's like, so how do, if you're even that far gone, like I was, that I didn't mm-hmm. understand that energy, that that energy was causing me anxiety. How do you, how do you even touch on that? How do you feel? How so do you recognize off, that? The daily practice of getting grounded, really clearing your energy, and then talking to that inner child. So you're setting a foundation. You're setting a foundation of unconditional love, right? Mm -hmm. And as you start nurturing her and talking to her, saying, little Sherry, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? You're starting to tap into the feelings, right? And you know, you know, when you're aggravated or when, you know, when you're feeling resentment, I mean, the key is awareness, right? We have to go into awareness of how we're interacting with the world. That's why I was shown when little Terry showed up for me and I'd never seen her before. And I heard, get up and write this. I was really, truly guided to pay attention to how I was respond or reacting to the outer world. And when I realized with each situation that, well, maybe there's some drama going on with the girlfriend or, you know, drama with my husband or I'm being overprotective with my kids or whatever, I knew that if I wasn't being in a state of peace and joy and love, that there was something hurting inside of me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, wow. if, if I am, if I'm not in peace, yeah. if I am not joyful and playful and passionate, there is something that I'm holding in my subconscious mind that is telling me you have to act a certain way. You have to be a certain way. You should do this. You should do that. And so what I did is by watching my outer world and letting it take me to my pain and asking, what is the belief that is causing my pain? Mm -hmm. What is the belief that is causing my trigger? Talking to the little girl Mm -hmm. inside of me. And then again, releasing that belief and giving myself permission to stand in my truth. The anxiety started dissipating. The emotional angst started dissipating because I became Mm -hmm. the boss of my life. So this is, you know, it's really key to set that foundation and to do the daily ritual of connecting. I mean, it's so funny because for me, I was imagining little Terry's in my passenger seat. I'm talking to her and we're having a good old time, right? <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, having, I'm having a good old time with her. And then I found things like a, a picture of me as a little kid, or if I didn't, uh, some people don't have pictures and they might, I said, get a teddy bear that represents that. You know, I have a girlfriend, she puts a picture in her bathroom mm-hmm. and she looks at it every day and she just tells that little girl, I love you to remind you because when we're mm-hmm. reacting, that is the little girl inside of us freaking out. Okay. When we're jealous, when we're competitive, mm-hmm. when we're sad, we're depressed, that is the little kid inside of us that is hurting. So if we will become what I call a woman yeah. leader of love, the divine mother, and become come into the room and scoop her up. Now, all of a sudden, she doesn't feel so alone. That is our daily mission is by creating that yeah. connection. We heal our aloneness. And for me, what happened is the more I did this, the more I began to experience God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know what your beliefs is. I'm not, I'm not a religious person, but I have a strong faith yeah. in this ever loving presence of God. Right. And before I, I never felt I could receive that. It was, Oh, everybody else might have stuff happen in their lives. 
But I don't know. I just started experiencing God more and started understanding the limitlessness, the limitlessness of God. Um, I'll give you a little example. After that first uh-huh. book, because I've written a couple, that one, and then um, The Enlightened Mom, I was in New York mm-hmm. for my book tour for Message Sent, and the Iraq War started, had just started. So all of my, all of my mm-hmm. news interviews were getting canceled because they're covering the war. So I first get mm-hmm. to New York. Yeah. And I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. You know, I mean, I'm kind of going like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? I'm going back into that mindset. I've got to push. I got to push. I got to make things happen. But I'd already learned through all of this that that just keeps you in the performance state that keeps you in a feelings of a low worthiness. So I just stopped. And I asked my little mm-hmm. inner child, what do you need? And she says, I just want to curl up in a robe. I want to eat a Snickers bar. I've been working hard to get ready for this tour. I want to go to the gym tomorrow morning and then we'll figure it out. I'm like, okay. Well, my, I had a manager back then. She calls and she says, you have to go see Thoroughly Modern Millie. It's a great metaphor for your work. She said, Thoroughly Modern Millie or hairspray. I'm looking at the internet, $200 tickets. It's snowing outside. I'm like, ah, I don't even know if I want to, you know, I'm like, so I surrendered, right? <laughs> I said, you know what? Mm-hmm. If it's for the highest good, show me the way. And yeah. I listened to what little Terry needed. Okay. I just listened because that was my intuition guiding me. So as I loved and nurtured her without guilt, without shame. Okay. I really just loved and nurtured her knowing that this is what I needed. I did it. The next day I go to the gym, New York Health and Racket Club, waiting on a Pilates class to start. A girl and I start talking come back out after the class. We start talking again. And she was local. She said, well, are you going to see any plays while you're in New York? I said, I don't know. I said, my manager wants me to see Thoroughly Modern Millie or Hairspray. I don't know. And she says, oh, she says, well, Thoroughly Modern. She goes, I work at the Marriott Marquis and Thoroughly Modern Millie is playing in our theater. How about I take you as my guest? Now, mm -hmm. wow. think about that. The whole city of New York, the one person, the one gym, the one class, the one day. I mean, that was so divine. And what I recognized in that moment is that if I will love myself without judgment, because a lot of times we try to love ourselves. We've been learning to put your mask on, you know, and take care of it, but we do it with guilt. We do it with shame. We do it with, oh, I, well, I should be doing this, even though we're, you know, it's like we're on that fence. But if we can get off the fence and say, I'm Uh going to love myself unconditionally now without guilt, without shame, then we open up to receive unlimited miracles and abundance. I mean, it's crazy. I can tell you so many stories that have shown up like that because I took a stand for loving that little girl inside of me. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I really like the way you've put this because The whole self-love, self-care, self-this, it's so surface. And I think people just kind of throw it around. Oh, journaling, sit down Mm -hmm. with a cup of tea and just whatever. But when you talk to that inner child and like you say, what is it that you want to do today in this moment at this time? What would make you feel good? Then to me, that's self-love. And you recognize and can identify what it is that will actually, like you said, 
move you on that path of people talk about manifestation, but like you said, if you do it stuff like this, different. it's divine. It moves you on that path for those miracles or for the, what you could have never made happen on your own or yourself or even expected. So yeah. Well, let me I tell you, you, I got that. to see it in full blown 3d <laughs> when I got sick. I was really sick with a disease called Chiari malformation, mm. which is the brainstem goes into the spine, cuts off your cervical fluids. Uh, you lose your arms, your legs. Eventually, I was, uh, you can lose your vision. Uh, for me, when it started, I couldn't swallow. I'd have to remind myself to swallow. I was choking all the time. I was falling all the time. I was dizzy all the time. Really, really sick. And in the States, they go and they take the back of the skull out of your head they go in and cauterize the spine. They, it's like at that time, it was about a seven hour surgery. And then they put a plate in your head, long recovery. And I just knew I didn't want to do that. It was barbaric to me. So I said, I'm not doing this. I was doing physical therapy. I was doing all this different stuff. But for two years, I was be flattened. I'd be having a good day and then I'd be flattened. I couldn't do anything. But the whole time I kept asking, what is the gift? What is this showing me? And I had had four whiplashes. So a lot of this, you know, was based, it was based on my neck. So I looked up, what is the spiritual significance of whiplash? And that is whoo, 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 trying to keep up mm -hmm. with everybody else. Right. And so I knew that I was being taught yeah. to let go of competition, let go of trying to compete with anyone else. And to really let myself be on God's timing, divine timing. So I did. I just kept doing that. And as I said, mm -hmm. I'd have good days and bad days. Well, then right um, about two years into this, I got up one day and I fell over my foot. I was starting to lose my appendages. That's scary. Mm -hmm. So once again, I threw my hands yeah. up and I said, okay, I'm ready to have this surgery. But if there's a kinder, gentler way, show me the way. The next day, my hubby and I, we were living in Florida at the time. We went to an outdoor mall to have lunch. I wanted to get out of the house. We see a dog. My hubby's a dog nut. We have to go pet the dog, okay? So we're just following the instincts, right? And never had seen the woman with the dog. But then her husband walks up, and I recognize him as someone who had done some roofing for us. We start chatting. Then I asked, well, how's your son? He was a national champion racing wave runners. Is he still racing? And the mom says, oh, no, he hasn't raced in a year. And I said, why? And she goes, well, he's really sick with this weird disease. I said, what is it? And she goes, it's called Chiari malformation. Yeah. So I plopped down wow. because I had never heard of it until I got it. I said, well, I have this. So, of course, she's in shock. I said, is he having the surgery? She said, well, he's in New York at the Chiari. He's going to New York at the Chiari Institute. But she goes, have you heard about this doctor in Spain, in Barcelona at the Chiari Institute? And I said, no, what about him? And she said, well, you have to be a candidate. He does a cutting edge surgery at the bottom of the spine instead of the brain. He goes in, he, click, he clips a tendon. Mm -hmm. It's a 45 minute surgery and you're out of the hospital the next day. I knew I was a candidate. I could feel the wow. chills running. All I was like, I asked for a kinder, gentler way. And it showed up the next day. And let me tell you, Sherry, mm -hmm. six weeks later, I'm in Barcelona. And before I went, I couldn't make up my mind where I wanted to stay. 
And I was going, they wanted you to stay for 10 days, have the surgery and then come back in 10 days, you know, to get checked before you flew anywhere. They will make sure that, you know, it was responsible. My daughter was also at that time at Mm -hmm. semester abroad in the South of Spain. So I thought, well, I'm going to stay for three weeks. I'll go to see, you know, go to the doctor, go see my daughter. Charlie was going to stay with me for a little bit. So I couldn't decide what to, where to stay. And Charlie finally said, you know what? you would take this as a sign that you can't make up your mind. He says, just book a hotel for three days and we'll figure it out when we get there. And I'm like, okay, this is trust. You're going across the plan to have surgery and you're booking a hotel for three days. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, so we went and it was crazy, right? So we get there and the first day in the hotel, I always look to see what is around me. And I'm looking at the hotel brochure and it says monastery tour. And I went, oh my God. I said, I have been hearing monastery in my meditations for a year to the point where I had reached out to people to see where can I go to a monastery? We have to go. That afternoon, mm-hmm. after getting off the plane, we got on the bus and it was to heading to Montserrat. And it's an hour outside of Barcelona. Well, the tour guide says we're heading to Montserrat. It is one of the seven most sacred mountains in the world. And people come here and often have encounters with God. So Charlie and I are like, oh my gosh. We go up, we do the tour of the, it was like a little hour tour. I'm like, I'm not sure why I'm supposed to be here. And I turn around to see that there's a little bitty hotel in the side of the mountain that looks like the monastery, but it's called Hotel Abbott Cisneros. And I went, "Mm -hmm. I got to go in. So I went, go in. And I said, may I see a room? And they were old world. You know, you can throw the window open and twin beds, but big rooms and clean. And I thought, well, this would be ideal because Charlie won't knee me in the the tailbone when I have the surgery if I'm in a twin bed, right? (laughs) And so I went to have my surgery. I booked that room. I went to have my surgery, got out the next day, stayed one more day and went to Montserrat and was hiking around the mountain four days after my surgery, walking around. So wow! this whole time I'm like wow. in this state of joy because I know I've been guided here. So I sit down in meditation and I'm like, God, why did you bring me here? Why did you bring me here? And I feel this nudge to read about the monastery and it says in honor of the divine mother. I'm like, that's cool. And then I read something else and it says the divine mother takes you to God. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, I'm not Catholic. I was raised Baptist, but that's okay. But then I hear in my ear again, and this is what you've been teaching. I had been teaching my enlightened mom work about mm. loving yourself, which is now all of my work, not just for mothers, it's for women to claim their crown. But what it was mm-hmm. showing me is that when we become the divine mother and meet ourselves with compassion and kindness and gentleness and we love ourselves unconditionally and quit performing for everyone else and put God first, we actually move into alignment with God. And that's where the miracles happen. So when we are wondering where, what do I do with my life? Choose unconditional love, unconditional self-love, move into alignment. So you feel worthy and then you have miracles. I mean, the miracles have been amazing. Yeah. Wow. So where do you see yourself now in midlife? Where do you see Terry? Like what, when I say that, I mean, you, you're in a good place. Mm-hmm. I recognize that you're in a good place. And when we met, it was just so 
magnetic, you know, it was like, oh yeah, I, I could, I could hang with her. But as far as you seeing yourself in my midlife and the view of yourself today, not the inner child, not little Terry, but Terry today, how do you see her? How do you, how do you feel? Well, how do you I, see her? Even though I'm probably carrying more weight than I've ever carried in my life. And even though I've got wrinkles, you can't see them very well here, but yeah. I do have wrinkles and, uh, and I have <laughs> sagging boobs that go under my armpits. Um, I feel more beautiful mm -hmm. and sensual because mm -hmm. I love me. I love who I am. I love that I meet people with compassion. I love that I meet people with kindness and gentleness. I also love that when I'm guided to, because I just kind of pay attention to the guidance. If I get pictures in my mind, then I know that I'm supposed to share something with someone. And sometimes they may not want to hear it, but I can present it to them in a loving fashion so that it's a gift. I don't go around feeling like I have to save anyone. That's not my, that's not my job, but I just come as a channel mm -hmm. of saying, okay, if I'm standing in the grocery store line and I start talking to someone and I can't tell you how often they start telling me their story, then I know that I'm there for a reason. I'm I've specifically felt guided to be there in that moment mm -hmm. and that I've got something to share with that person. That feels like my life is of service every single day. Um, you know, I have a, I have in my women leaders of co mm. uh, love community on Facebook, we have a community where anybody can come in and on Wednesdays. We do own your worth Wednesdays. And I do a live broadcast of just healing and coaching. I love it. People are like, well, you do this for free. And I said, I love it. I love doing this because I know I'm serving humanity by serving each individual. When we do this, um, I'm very blessed. We have an extremely successful coffee house. And, um, so I don't have to work if I don't want to. And, but I do work because I love it. I'm thrilled with that right now. I'm writing mm -hmm. my next book and that's exciting to me because I feel like this is the umbrella for all of the work that I've been teaching over the years. So when I see me, I see me as a woman leader of love. I see me just as the tag on my, my, on my, mm -hmm my banner says on my website, you know, pioneers of change for our families in the world. And I see myself as a pioneer. Um, I see that mm -hmm. every woman that I can come in contact with and help her step into this, that I'm helping her become that pioneer for her family. Um, but more than all of that, I feel mm -hmm. like I am a, um, a messenger of God because I feel like we've lost touch with what it is to really, truly put God first. We've lost it in our culture. We've lost it in our churches. And it is truly getting out of ego and saying, I'm going to honor and love the way I was created. That is the most joyful state to be in, to be in that connection, to know I'm not alone, to know that I'm loved. Um, I do sit down and journal every day, but I ask God to come in with me and I feel the presence coming through and I get so many amazing messages. And then I take those messages and go deeper in that conversation with myself and my inner child. So it's like a daily walk that I see if a deer comes in my yard and I'm, my attention's, attention's drawn to it. I see what is the deer trying to tell me? I see everything as a messenger of God that feels amazing. Wow. Well, before we go, Terry, you mentioned earlier yeah, that you yeah, would yeah, share yeah, yeah, meditation yeah, yeah. So with us. It's called Grounding in God's Light. Yeah. And it was uh, guided, completely guided. 
and uh, is just cherrybrit.com, T-E-R-R-I-B-R-I-T-T.com forward slash grounding, like grounding into the ground. And you can grab that. Also, mm-hmm. um, I have a worthiness quotient quiz that everyone might enjoy taking because it's what it is, is that you're going to tap into your feelings. We were talking about feelings earlier and you're going to take this quiz and there's eight different areas, mm-hmm. relationships, money, passions, and all kinds of different things for you to look at. And you're going to rate how you feel about each question. At the end, you're going to be sent a report, your personal report broken down into eight sections and then an overall worthiness quotient. And your worthiness quotient is how open you are to receiving love, nurturing, and support from people around you, from the universe, from God, whatever you want to call it, simply for being you means no performing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because sometimes we don't know where we're performing. So this, it takes you through here and then it Mm -hmm. gives you what your scores are so that you can see, well, here I'm really owning my worth. Because sometimes we, we may own our worth at work, but we haven't owned it at home or vice versa. Right. And, um, yeah. So it's going to help you see that. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to give you some steps so that you can start raising your worthiness immediately by, and, and some of it's going to cover what we did today, but it's so fun because mm-hmm. people, when they, when they take the quiz and then maybe they'll take a, my worthiness quotient course or something like that. And then six months later, they'll come back and take the quiz again. They're like, Oh my gosh, my numbers went up. I'm so excited. You know, but anyway, so that, <laughs> um, that link is a uh, terrybrit.com forward slash quiz. They're very easy. Terrybrit.com forward slash grounding, terrybrit.com forward slash quiz. So I would invite your listeners to to jump on both of those. Awesome. That sounds great. Terry, thank you so much for being here on Mature Allure. It has been enlightening. It's been wonderful. Yeah, and it's been you great too. talking we to you We have to get again. together. We're not too far from each other. <laughs> we have to. We don't. We, we don't live far at all. We have to get together. And again, thank you. And I'm going to start uh, having conversations with my inner child. I really like that. I'm going to start having those conversations and really work on the self-love. Really work on that. Thank you. You're listening to the Mature Allure Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry O. If you have a topic in mind that you'd like us to cover on Mature Allure, drop us a note in the comments or share it with us on one of our social media channels. Until the next time, remember... Self-love is the key to unlocking the radiant allure that shines from within.